That's a lot, isn't it? Hi everyone! We're here for another week of It's Lot Podcast. I just hit my knee when I did that because I was so excited to tell you that the merchandise is going to be on the website tonight, the 13th of October 2020. It is a Tuesday, so Tuesday midnight. You can go on the website, you can order uh, the sweatshirt and the sweat shorts. There are mugs and keyrings coming, but I'm just waiting for them to actually come and I don't want to disappoint you all. I don't want to have you guys order things and then not have them show up. So that's tonight midnight. I will have maybe a little bit before, but probably just on midnight, I'll have them all up ready to roll. So today's episode is really good. It honestly was so much fun to record and it was something that I've been very interested in and a lot of you have been as well. And that is astrology. So I had astrologer um, Jazz Bori come on. Uh, it was kind of cosmic of it something that she, um, we got in contact and we ended up having a really, really good chat. And she also on Friday's little mini episode does a full reading for me. So I thought we'd record it so you all can hear exactly what goes on in a reading. And she also only did like the main points because I said, you know, make it about half an hour rather than a full hour reading. You can find her at Jazzbori on Instagram. All of her links and pluggables and everything. She has two podcasts. They're all in my description for this episode. She's fantastic. I adore her. And um, we're going to do some really fun stuff when I'm down in Sydney in about a week for some work. So hope you enjoy the episode. Um, as usual, if you like the podcast, please rate and review on uh, Apple Podcasts. And yeah, let me know if you get that merchandise. I'm very excited to send it out to you guys. I'm so proud of it. Um, all information on the website. So hope you enjoy the episode. Mwah. So being the Gemini queen that I am and, you know, going viral with my horrible, horrible Gemini line, I felt like one day on the podcast I had to get an astrologist on. Is this the correct wording, Jazz? I've got Jazz Bori here. I found her on the Instagram and I asked her on like yesterday and I'm so excited to have you here if you tell me all about astrology and so all the questions that we have and have a chat. Thanks so much for having me. And um, yeah, I'm I'm honored. And this has just been such an amazing cosmic lineup. So I'm I'm down and I'm so excited to be here. So cosmic. Oh my god, Trey Cosmic. I love that. <laughs> Iconic scenes. So it's astrologist, isn't it? You're an astrologist on astrology. Hey, fabulous. Iconic scenes. Look, Instagram calls us astrologists. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never heard that term. Um, I would say I'm an astrologer, um, but whatever tickles your fancy at this point, you know. I mean, whatever. at this stage, we're just cosmic energies, you know, floating through the universe. Um, so we always, we're going to get into the astrology stuff, we into some Q&As, but I always start my podcast with what's been a lot this week. So what's been a lot for you this week? <sighs> This this last week has been um, some real highs and some real lows. I definitely got to the point of burnout for me um, this last week, and I um, it was just a lot. Work was a lot. Um, 
you know, this mm-hmm. business that I have now as being an astrologer and a mentor now is, is new, um, that I'm doing full time. And, uh, I guess that's really come to a head over this last week. I literally found myself, um, needing to just like get away and get out. I'm really glad that we had like a long weekend, um, down here in New South Wales. So we got to just like go away for a little bit. And, um, it wasn't until I went away that I was like, wow, she's burnt out. She needs a rest. Um, and so for me, it's just been that. Just being able to have a bit of a refresher and understanding like what you need for your body and your life. I mean, it is it is really exhausting, especially right now, I think. And we're the lucky ones. We're not in Melbourne. Like I'm in Brisbane. Everything's like pretty much normal. You're in Sydney. I'm coming to Sydney in a couple of weeks. But Melbourne are doing it really, really hard. So sorry to anyone who's listening and um, is hearing us complain about, <laughs> about being tired and being able to go away. So where did you go? Did you go out of Sydney? Did you stay somewhere outside of Sydney? Yeah, so my partner, my boyfriend, he's from um like on the central coast or just like north of sydney um in this like place that i'd never even heard of i swear to god it's like byron bay like but south and it's just this like beautiful little like tucked away space it's called mcmaster's beach and um yeah his family's from there so we went up to his family home and just like chilled out i stayed off social media because that's like the one thing i think that when and i'm sure you can relate to this too like when social media is like a big part of your life and it's a big part of your work. And that's been a new mm-hmm. thing for me for to really step into it. I was like, yo, I need to like get the fuck yeah. away from this for like just two days. Um, and it was so funny because I had so mm-hmm. many creative ideas. I don't know if it was because I was near the ocean or in nature or what it was, but um, as a city girl, like through and through, I'm noticing like, that's one thing that I've like noticed um, over this last year is like getting out of the city and like getting disconnected is something that I truly, particularly mm. as a Gemini too, I think. So, so yeah, it's, it was beautiful. Are you a Gemini? Oh, yeah, I'm a Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Cosmic at play. You know, that is true. I think switching off as well, like having, Having a day or two away from your phone refreshes your memory as well. Like when I was in the mansion, we had three months with no phones and I could remember things so much better without my phone for three months. Like I literally could remember like like conversations start to finish, like word for word. I can remember like the smell of things, like what makeup I was wearing, exactly what like what products, I can remember what outfits I was wearing. And then I came back and I was on my phone again and it's just a fucking shit show. So I totally agree. It's nice to have a bit of a week and away. Um, All right, so we've got one listener question. I thought you'd be good for this because I feel like you're very, like, wise and you can help (laughs) maybe guide this person. I um, Usually we do, like, sex or dating questions, but I've got a lot of just, like, general life questions. I never know who to put them to. Mm. So this is one that I felt was, like, probably relevant for a lot of people, especially right now with COVID. Um, So... Hi, Abby. I just turned 18 on a gap year for my mental health after finishing HSC and just needed a break to pause my life and recover from past trauma. I'm currently writing this email in my crew room at Macca's that I work at, lol. <laughs> I'm just indecisive and very nervous for my future. I'm enrolled in a course that I've deferred. A part of me tells me to just jump in, but another part of me says no. I'm so confused on what to do with my future. I know you can't pick a career for me, but I just feel stuck right now on what to do with my future. I thought I had everything planned out, but I keep thinking maybe not and second-guessing myself. What do I do? Do you have any advice, mm. Jess? 
Well, first things first, I mean, she mentioned that she has trauma. So if she's, it may be like the reason why she's even feeling this way in the first place, right? Like if she feels like she's second guessing things and doesn't know which way's up, which is what it sounds like, I wonder what that trauma is. And I would say firstly, like, is that linked? Um, yeah. You know, I would... I would say like, let's have a look at that or she should totally have a look at what that trauma is because if it is really deep trauma, like trauma, I guess, manifests in so many different ways, right? Like trauma can be someone telling you they can't sit with you when you're seven, but it can also be, you know, as serious as like sexual assault or, you know, physical violence, things like that. So whatever it is, I just feel like however big or small she feels it is, um, to like look at that first and see if it's connected. But from what she's told us, like she's 18 <laughs> and I'm like not of the idea that we need to have it fucking figured out when we're 18. Oh my God. Okay. I, everything you've just said, I completely agree with. Yes. The trauma could be, well, probably, it probably is impacting how she lives her everyday life as trauma does. And, you know, first and foremost, I would hope that you can go to at least talk to a close friend. When you're 18, it's hard to afford therapy. Like, it's very hard if you're working at Macca's at 18. So I normally I'd say go to therapy, but it's very hard to afford even, like, you know, and I stress from Princess Polly than it is to, to go to uh, therapy once a week. But I think you're right. I think this is just part of being 18. I mean, when I was 18, I was doing a psychology degree and then I decided I didn't like it. Then I worked full-time in hospo. Then I did my property economics degree. And then I finished my degree when I was 22, I think. I finished my degree. And I was like a late bloomer. But the thing is, a lot of people who have done degrees and just jumped in when they're not sure have either got like two or three years of hex debt um, and they don't work in their chosen field at all or they finish it and they hate their job and also – when you think about it, so I think when you're 18, there's this like need to like finish uni and get into the workforce, and you're like, I want to get into that nine to five, get a full time job, start working retail or hospital, whatever you're whatever you're working that's very flexible to do uni, and then you get into your nine to five, and you literally are like, <clears throat> holy fuck, I have 60 more years of this, like I have this is. This is, and no matter, even though you can climb ladders, you can change uh, industries, you can change actual positions, you have 60 more years of this. And I wish that I had a gap year because I never had a gap year. I went straight into uni and then I just was working, 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 plus doing uni. And I am 25 now and I'm like, oh, I could easily start a degree right now. Like I'm 25 and I'm like, oh, I wish I'd wait until I was 24 when I knew what I wanted to do and then actually have time for it as well. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm the same. I basically just like was walking into walls until I was like 27, <laughs> like until like yeah, this like- year. <laughs> so I, 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 I'm of the opinion, look, I never went to uni. I never did any of that. Um, look in true Gemini form, I've done a million things. I, I do multiple things even now. And I think that you know, the one thing that when that I want, especially young women to like release and like not care about anymore is the fact that you have to choose one thing. Like you may be feeling that way because she's like, oh, well, I have to choose one thing. And I 
think that's like that's like the biggest lesson that I've learned in my old age of the right old age of 27. <laughs> I feel like I haven't even begun. Yeah. And so, you know, at 18, I was I was like just caring about what I was going to wear on Oxford Street on mm. Friday night. Like that's all mm. I cared yeah, about. Totally. Really. And 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 I think that that's okay. And I I think that 18 is such a I don't know. I look at that age and I think. I have such like nostalgic memories, even though some of it was traumatic and painful. Um, I think bumping into those walls was like a beautiful part of that. And so I guess to answer her question, I think you have to embrace the process of like not really knowing what the hell you want to do and kind of like throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks because, you know, it may lead you into something else. Like I went from this like 18 year old, like party girl and doing all this stuff. I was a dancer and a musician and I was doing all that. And then I ended up in a corporate job, um, like working for a really, really, I'm not going to say the brand, but a very prevalent, very fancy brand for a long time. And, um, I mean, now I'm like a modern mystic astrologer for a living. So it's going to change a million times. And I think that like, if anyone who feels like they have to choose one thing for me, I'm just like, I don't know. I just don't subscribe to that shit. Like you can do whatever you want. Yeah. All at the same time, if you want to. Don't feel pressure to commit to something. You don't. Yeah, absolutely. You can have many fingers and many pies. You can do part. I wish that I had like a part-time job in like retail and a part-time job in like a nine to five. So I could figure out what I actually wanted rather than putting pressure on myself to be like, well, if you're going to do it, do it wholeheartedly because you end up hating it. And you end up realising you actually have all the time in the world when you're in your late teens and early 20s, even like mid-20s, like our age. We have so much time. Like we could start a medicine degree right now and be doctor by the time we're 40. Like like there's so much time. And for what? When you get to – this is the thing, a news flash to all my listeners who want to get into a nine-to-five who were younger, like, I, like how I felt when I was 18 until I was 22 – Hmm. Okay, being a nine to five is literally just going into an office, waking up every day at the same time, maybe going to gym, going to the office, sitting there, doing not very much work, honestly. Having people speak to you like shit if you're a young woman, absolutely. Having a coffee table, no matter what role you have, whether you're qualified or not. Um, finishing work, going home, going to sleep at like nine o'clock, same thing until Friday. Then you like live for your Friday afternoon drinks, get wasted on a Friday night, hung over on Saturday, and then sometimes rest. Like it's literally, it's not, but it isn't like we need to rush to get there and commit to that. 100%. Like, do not, and what did I say? Like, let's not, let's like not commit to that at all. But so much more as well than like what you do for work, right? Like, I think especially being so young, what I would say to somebody like that is like, hey, what you do for work, what you do as a degree, um, what you do, who you're with, all of that shit, right? Particularly as women, like we, 21st century women, I feel like have like a different set of problems than any other generation before us. And like, this goes into feminism as well. Like, you know, feminism now is so intersectional, whereas like our parents' generation and like our grandmother's generation, it's just very different. And I feel like 
one thing that we really struggle with is that whole like having to have the job, the kids, the husband, the house, the investment property. Also, you know, you've got to make sure that you're an amazing friend and then, you know, make sure you also have a podcast and a side hustle and a this, that, and it's just like, it's just a lot. And I want people and I want women in particular to feel free to like choose whatever they want. And I think I can hear that pressure in that question of like, what do I do? I have to choose one thing. Like, you don't have to choose anything and you can choose everything at mm. the same time. And I know that's like maybe not as so straightforward as what she maybe Mm-mm. would like to hear, but that's what I would say as somebody who's yet, I mean, I've done, I've done a shitload of things and um, just to say. I know that, you know, what I'm doing right now makes me happy, but like it may not make me happy in 10 years, in five years, in five months. And that's okay. Um, because I'll be fine. Totally. You can change your career. You can change your career either way. Once, if you're with something, if you're doing something for a year or two in your nine to five, that doesn't have to be a career for the rest of your life. And I think it's really, I want to touch on what you were saying before and that like your career doesn't define you as a person. And I feel as though it does for a lot of people. And we fall into this trap after finishing school. I've been like, I'm going to be a lawyer. And then that's your job. And it's like, oh, I go to all the law things and I go to all or in real estate or whatever. Like, because I was in corporate. So every, everything that I could think of is very, very corporate. And it's kind of like it in in a in the capitalist world that we live in, it kind of defines your status and it makes you feel as though that defines your worth and, your, and who you are as a person. And there's stereotypes that go along with being a lawyer or working in retail or, or working in hospo or that you can kind of align yourself with. And perhaps when you're 18, that's very enticing to attach yourself to a certain personality that comes pre-made. Um, but I think what's important, and again, when you get into these under fives, you realise even the people that are earning... $500,000 a year. Like my bosses used to earn mm-hmm. stupid money. I'd be like, but you're working yourself to death and you just, you're doing the same as what I'm doing, but I have more free time. Like I can go home at five o'clock. I can go and see my friends. I can have a weekend off whenever I want. I get two full weeks off at Christmas and you are working every day of the year to get that money and to have this career that you're kind of stuck in. And it's sort of like when you get older, again, I'm 25. So I'm like, when you, when <laughs> both of us are so wise, but I think when you get into your mid twenties, you're like, fuck, like I would rather just be happy. I'd rather just earn, you know, a wage that like is livable and I can go and do go if little weekends away, like you did, you know what I mean? Go to the coast sometimes, buy some nice little treats for myself but also have time to do those things without feeling guilty about it. And that's another trap that we fall into and pressure ourselves to value ourselves on our um, career. So great advice there, Jazz. I know you'd be good for this one. That was very good. <laughs> I mean, look, like I said, I've, I've, uh, I'm not necessarily wise, but um, she's been through it. She's been through it. <laughs> We've seen some shit. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so now I want to ask you, now we get into the exciting stuff. So, astrology, stars, mm-hmm. cosmic. So I, can we just start off by saying, well, I would like to say there's going to be, so I asked my story, I was like, what questions do you have for um, an astrologist, an astrologer? And there were so many replies, I'm like, it's bullshit. I don't care. This is literally, okay, <laughs> at the very, okay, the thing is, at the very least, it's fun 
and it's entertaining and it and it can give you a bit of it can give you a bit of purpose in your life where you're trying to find purpose. And at the best, it's completely correct. And we're and we're getting told and we can believe it. If we enjoy believing it, we enjoy believing it. I think it's interesting at the very, very least. But you know what? I'm a pure Gemini. Actually on the cusp of cancer, a bit emotional. Um, and I think it's true. So what do you say to people that are saying it's bullshit just before we get into it? So my, I've, I've had a real journey with this cause I had a, a, a ex-boyfriend when I got into astrology. Um, he was so against it, like to the point where I was like, why do you feel personally attacked by astrology? Like this is yeah. weird. Um, and so I know this story really well. I've really dealt with this firsthand. Um, and I think when you get into this sort of work, people, definitely show their true colors, um, with whether they really support you or not, when you kind of do something a little bit left of center. So yeah, this is something I know. So what I always say to people is like, it's not whether it's true or not. It's just whether you want to pay attention to it or not. Like that's it. Like it's really not Mm. evil. Um, I think some people think it's like a religion. It's not, it's literally, I like to say it's like an art and a science. There obviously is a science aspect to I am actually looking at where the physical sun is or where Venus is or whatever. Um, but the art part of it obviously comes into the interpretation of what that means in like a metaphysical way. So mm-hmm. it's not whether you think it's bullshit or not. I mean, you just don't want to pay attention to it. And like, that's fine. Like I would never read anybody's chart who... <laughs> what's making you I mean look there are people who are in like spiritual communities and like all that sort of stuff um that's kind of I guess associated with astrology that you know are toxic just like everything else um I totally agree that that's there um it's something I'm really passionate about being an astrologer is that like I'm not here and real empowerment astrology, which is what I practice, is not about putting people in boxes. And I think that's why people get really defensive is they're like, that's not me. I'm not like that. Um, And they like feel really like, um, I don't know, like maybe like they're being, I don't know, penetrated or something. Like they just get really defensive about it. And it's like, chill. It's all good. Like you don't have to, you don't have to acknowledge Mm. or or care about this. Um, but I guess to put things into context, like my current boyfriend is a scientist, a legitimate scientist, and I'm an astrologer. So we can all call it coexist. Um, it is possible, but yeah, I just think that, yeah, it is fun. Um, it's why I practice empowerment astrology. Um, I'm really passionate about not putting people in boxes. Um, you know, you can be a Gemini all you want, but we all have free will. We all have different experiences. We all, we all grew up in different environments. So maybe that wasn't nurtured. Like this whole bunch of shit, right? Like we're all, we're all growing, breathing beings that go through stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's probably why people don't really, um, resonate with like their sun sign. Um, but also we're so much more than just like a Gemini. Like you also have every sign within you and it's just kind of like where that shows up. So for me, I'm just like, look, Mm -hmm. it is, it's a thing. It's like super old. It's older than religion. Like it's, it's been around for a really long time. So let's just chill and um, have some fun with it and use it in an empowering way. It doesn't have to be like this like scary thing. I just, I've never really gotten why people are like that, to be honest. 
Oh, no, totally. I mean, I feel like people get so aggressive and defensive. I think it's kind of a um, a misogynistic thing because men see it as like stupid women doing witch things, stupid witches, <laughs> and it comes from the sphere of women knowing things that they don't because it's mainly women that do. I mean, obviously there are um, people of all genders that that believe in astrology, but it's mainly like it's seen as like a queer or female thing. Like you don't really find very many straight down the line, like toxic masculine men being like, and I'm a Gemini. Like that's (laughs) like not really what happens. And I think it does. I think it is based in um, a bit of misogyny. I mean, I had Danny um, and I, who was on the podcast, we had a little conversation about it and I I was like, I just think you're being a bit misogynistic. I think you're being a bit close-minded and you're saying that like, you can talk for hours and hours and hours about music or whatever you want to talk about, but the second I say, I think this has to do with me and I think this Gemini thing relates to me, I'm not credible and I'm boring and I'm being crazy. But it's like it's just it's just an analysis. Well, it's because you're being feminine. Yeah, and it's confronting. <laughs> you're in your feminine there and you're thinking about things in like a bit more of a quantum way. Like that's what astrology is. It's really going, okay, like, but what else? And that's what like the feminine and I don't just mean gender I mean um, I mean like energy wise like that's what the feminine is there for and the masculine is to kind of see things more logically and to like do things on a bit more of like a um, linear Mm -hmm. basis so you know this is I mean and there's so much in like the feminism movement now particularly with the rise of like all this spiritual stuff talking about like the whole witch thing it's Mm -hmm. like that was seen to be something that we as women that were practicing witchcraft or whatever they mm. wanted to call it, whatever we've been told and how it's been kind of, you know, portrayed through history mm. that it was evil and because it was being done by women and it seemed to be extremely powerful. And this is the thing, like astrology isn't even witchcraft, but because it is practiced by women and it seems very kind of like men can't or they struggle to understand it because mm. it is more quantum, then that's kind of where where it kind of gets a bit topsy-turvy. And to me, I'm just like, thank you, next. Sorry, boys. Um, <laughs> so when it comes to astrology, how do you get into it? And I guess you kind of explained this already, but do you have to have like a sixth sense? Do you have to have some sort of, I guess, mystic energy about you? Or is it just like observation and analysis? Because I've heard both. What do you think? So I definitely think there is um, an element of uh, being gifted at being able to do a job. And I think that happens with like anything, right? Like there are certain people who will, who are really great at singing and there are certain people that sure they could try as much as they can, but are they, are they, is that really going to be their path? Probably not. Cause it's just not what they're here to do or what their talent is, where their talent lies. So I do think that there is that. But when it comes from like a sixth sense thing, totally not. It's it's um it's a system. Like I said, it's like a science. So that it is like anybody can learn astrology. Anybody is um, able to access the information. It's what I love about astrology mm-hmm. is that it really doesn't discriminate really as its own modality. It's completely available to everybody and everyone. And um it's, it's, it's fucking powerful. Like it, it, and I think that's why people think that it has to do with this kind of like psychic nature. And there is elements of, of astrology, astrology that really kind of, you know, there's predictive astrology and astrology for events. And then there's like horoscopes and all of that. Um, it's not what I practice. Um, but you know, there are so many different types, but Mm. 
if you want to look at it as to like how it can actually help you、mm. like understand yourself a little bit better,、um, no, it's completely available to everybody. Everybody has the ability to understand. It's just really how deep that they want to go and. Um, I guess the bandwidth in which they have to kind of understand, because it is a very complicated system.、Mm. Um, but no, it's totally available to everyone. So, how do you get into it? If someone wanted to get into astrology or become an astrologer, if they wanted to read their own chart or become someone like you, how would they do that? Like, where is the information? Where is this information? <laughs> where <laughs> yeah, is、so、it? What do we do? I think that、um, look, there's there's so many different ways, and there isn't really a right or wrong way to get into astrology. The only thing I would say is, if anyone is interested in this、um, as an astrologer and really wanting to understand the system, not just their own chart,、um, it's it's fucking deep. Like it's it's some shit. It, you never stop learning. It's why I love it.、Um, but what I would say to begin、um, is. Firstly, understanding your own chart.、Um, I spent probably a year with my teacher that I still see,、um, understanding my own chart before I began to read for other people. And like I said, the gift or the talent or or whatever it is that you want to hone within astrology is not just the the you know. The, the sun in Gemini in the sixth house, and what does that mean? And connecting those dots, it's really like I like to see the creativity of you know what that means. And I think also there's an element to astrology that if you are going to do this as、uh, as work or as a job, or、um, even if you want to just do this for your friends, like just to do it for fun,、um, what I would say is that on an ethical basis, you know. We always hear so many bad stories, right? So, not that you shouldn't, you know, jump in and try and learn and and do, but I think understanding that what you say to somebody can really stick with them forever. Like that's in life, but when people come into these sorts of spaces where they allow you to kind of see them and you really will see them,、um, that's all I would say is like really important and something to really remember when you're starting because. Like I said, I'm really passionate about empowering people and not putting them in a box, and not being part of the problem、um, of like putting people down or scaring people、mm. or anything like that. So that's all I would say is like the one thing to just commit to.、Um, but when you want to start, I mean, understanding your sun, moon, and rising is a really great place to start.、Um, they're really like the three pillars that kind of hold up our personality. So well, that's my next question. Maybe you can explain this in the next question of what. It actually is, and the sun, moon, the rising. What the fuck are houses? Like literally, I I read it and I'm like, yeah, my sun, Gemini, and I say these things, but look, I'm full of shit. I have no idea. I'm just going to find my little pattern app. So can you, yeah, yeah, could you explain, like, I guess, as with as much in depth as, as you'd like to, tell us the, the situation. Okay. Okay, so I'll break this down into three parts. So let's just talk about like where we're getting this information from. So this, we're all getting our sun, moon, and rising from this really cool thing called a natal chart. And so what that is is when you were born.、Um, in order to pull up your chart, you get your your birthday, your birth time, and your birth place. And the chart is what is a snapshot of what was in the sky when you were born, when you took your first breath.
And so that is where we're getting that information. And we're going to do, just so everyone knows, we're going to do my chart in the Friday episode, a minute episode. If you'd like to hear one fully done, a full reading done, you can hear what, what we discover. Mm. Sorry, it was the injection. Continue. Yes. <laughs> no worries. And I'm super excited for that. So, so, so that's where we're getting the, the information from. So that's cool. And I guess from like a um, more like spiritual, metaphysical perspective, what we're seeing from that chart is your soul's desires, your soul's blueprint, what your soul has asked for in this lifetime. Cool. So we've got that down. Now, understanding our sun, moon, and rising. So I'll give you the analogy. I, I believe I made this up, but I'm not sure. Um, so <laughs> um, because I just hear so many things, um, but I'm, I'm fairly sure I made this up. So um, I like to see the sun, moon, and rising if we liken it to like our human body. So the sun in, in your chart is um, your um, ego. It represents your ego, your consciousness. It represents who you are to become in this life. This is why some people don't actually resonate with their sun sign. They may have some stuff going on around it. So understanding that from like a body perspective, it really represents like our skeleton. It's what holds up like our whole soul's desires, our personality, whatever you want to say. Um, And understanding as well that like you know, if you break a bone, it hurts a lot. Just like when our ego, you know, is usually the first thing that gets hurt, we can get really defensive and mm-hmm. things like that. So if you think about it from that perspective, um, as well, like nothing, like we revolve around the sun. So understanding if we were to kind of bring that back to the, to the body, like without that skeleton, like we simply are just a bag of organs. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's really important to understand it. Um, and then you have your moon sign. So I don't feel like the moon gets enough credit because when we come to that body analogy, it's really the representation of like our organs and like our brain and like the inner workings because the moon represents uh, your emotional body. It represents your inner motivations, represents who you are when you're with yourself. So really understanding that, you know, on an emotional level, it's really what drives us and what drives the sun so that you can kind of step out into whatever your sun sign is. So then we have our rising sign and the rising is what I liken in the body analogy to our skin. It's what holds everything together. And it is also when we look at it from like an astrology perspective, it's our shield, it's our mask. If you are getting defensive, you're probably going to go straight into your rising sign because that's what's going to protect you. Um, when people meet you for the first time, it's what they receive, much like your skin, it's what they see. But obviously you've got so much more to you than, than just what people receive. So understanding your rising can be really powerful because it can be used as this tool to kind of like um, – be your like main go-to to get you into the most authentic version of yourself and really like kind of be who you are and really like illuminate that sun and feel the moon and all those sorts of things. So I think that understanding those three pillars really helps you kind of on a base level understand who you are have the self-awareness to be able to kind of move from a space of um, conviction. I find it really helps people kind of be like, oh, that is what I think. And that is how I feel and kind of be unapologetic about that. And 
I believe there is so much power in people who move that way. Like mm-hmm. people who are unapologetic about who they are, like I fuck with them. That's mm-hmm. who I want to be around, you know? So I think understanding those three things can really help you on an internal level. It helps you when you're moving around in life. It helps you in so many different areas. And um, that's why we always concentrate on the sun, moon and rising because it's just a really simple place to start. And then lastly, the houses. Yeah. So, what are the um, houses? What I would... Yeah, so how it works is like you have three elements that kind of make up the chart. You have the planets, the signs, and the houses. So the planet is like the theme, right? It's like the sun represents our consciousness and our ego and who we are. Cool. And then the sign is how that's expressed. So you can like look at archetypes for that. You can look at that in just like pure descriptive words, like whatever works for you, right? But it's like how your consciousness and how your ego is expressed. And then the house is the area in which you display that. So the areas of your life where that shows up the most or where your soul has asked for that to be shown up the most, if that makes sense. Mm So, um, so yeah, I think I like to think of it as that really easy way of like, oh, and this is like the stage, the houses are really the stages in which all these things are playing out. Okay. Oh my God. All right. <laughs> and then what about like Venus and like Pluto and like the other planets? Like when, when do they, where, ah, where do they come into play? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they come into play wherever you want them to come into play. I think that um, a great place to start is to, like, see if there's anything that's really close to your, like, sun, moon and rising because they could be directly affecting those, like, bigger parts of the personality that kind of shine the brightest. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, each of those planets represent all different things. Um, I would say that, like, Venus and Mars... Um, are really good places. Everything out until like Saturn is pretty like personal because once we get past them, it becomes like generational placements because they move so slow. So we like you and I, all millennials, I have what I've think again, I've coined as what I've called a, a millennial stamp. So we all have Neptune and um, Uranus in Capricorn. And I, that's like very much a millennial stamp. We Ew. all have Pluto and Scorpio. So I'm um, part Capricorn. Yeah. You're part everything, huh? Ew. Uh, why Capricorn? The biggest <laughs> questions when I ask the questions on my story that I got so many why Capricorn men like that, like so <laughs> many people have been like, but if they're like Capricorns are real. Speaking of actually, is star sign compatibility mm-hmm. a thing, or am I just like making excuses and being like I hate Capricorn men because all the Capricorn men in my life have hurt me in some way? Is it real? So as an empowerment astrologer, I like to say no. I like to say fuck compatibility because like when we like we're so much more than just our sun sign, right? Like there's so much to that. Sure. Are there placements that may be a little bit harder to like work with? Cool. But like you have free will, like you can 
you can work whatever you want out with whoever you want. Mm-hmm. So I don't really pay attention too much to compatibility only because again, I don't want to box people in. Like if you meet a Capricorn tomorrow and you're like, Oh my God, this is the love of my life. Like I don't want you to be attached to like a shitty Capricorn. Right. So what is it going to happen? Um, and I have a really great story about that too. What is it? Tell it now. <laughs> Tell it right now. What is it? Okay. Okay. So, um, my boyfriend is a Capricorn. He's an angel. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Listen, wait, wait for it. He's an angel, unicorn, saint. I don't know where the fuck he's come from, but the guy who like fucked me up also a Capricorn. (laughs) So I have had two very different like, um, experiences with Capricorns. Um, look, an unevolved Capricorn is, is a dangerous, is a dangerous space to be in (laughs) for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Just like every other sign. But I have experienced, I'm sure exactly what you have experienced with a Capricorn man. But I am here to let everybody know that good Capricorn men do exist. Um, They are just really hard to find. Okay. I mean, I don't quite believe you. I mean, time will tell. I mean, even it's down to like my, like my friend's dad and stepdad, like my dad and like my, like, like this is like every, this isn't just like, I'm not just like one guy cheated on me. I'm like my friend's shitty dads who left them when they were born Capricorn. So I feel like I, I don't know if it's a self-filling prophecy thing or if I just Capricorns, I'm just such such like a weird Gemini that I can't handle any version of a Capricorn, but you're telling me they exist. Up until like this year, I was like, I was the same. I was like, no Capricorns. Mm. And when my boyfriend told me he was a Capricorn, I was like, to let down. (laughs) I was like, oh no, that sucks. Um, I don't know if we could take this any further, but I'm glad that I did because (laughs) I think Capricorns, Capricorns are, um, they're hardworking and they are like, like Capricorn is very like, patriarchal grandfather energy have you done the right thing are you doing the right thing oh, like so it's very like self-righteous it can be very Blech. self-righteous for sure for sure for sure but um it can also um it when they're like actually like not being silly <laughs> um they can really be um very like sensitive and emotional because I think that's the thing is they have this very like hard surface, but they actually come from a really emotional place. And that sometimes can come off very defensive and very like masculine and being like, don't, don't fuck with me. And yeah. Well, so we just got to be nicer, you know, careful. Speaking of me writing people (laughs) off because of when they were born. um, Have you ever (laughs) read someone's natal chart and been like, oh, fuck. Like, is there any, is there any combination <laughs> or like, and you've been like, like, this is not a good person or a situation or anything that you've just been like, and you haven't told them. And you've just been like, enjoy, sweetie. <laughs> I have um, definitely, and I think that's like part of the job is you want to be soft when you see things that can be really intense. That's what I, when I, whenever I see like a lot of intensity, whenever I see a lot of scorpionic energy, I'm like, whoa, okay. Like there's a lot going on here. And I think as well, like, 
you know, when you see people's charts and they start to like open up with you, um, I find that like a lot of the water signs can be a little bit like they don't want to be seen. They're like, oh, I just like, I just want to like, just be gentle with me. And so I think for me, I definitely try to like tiptoe and like get as deep as I can with them. There's been no one where I'm like, oh, <laughs> <You're fucked. laughs> but what I, but I have seen charts where like, um, like eighth house energy is like very rooted in like trauma and shadow and like ugliness and the truth and the shit that people don't want to talk about. So when someone has a lot of eighth house energy, I'm like, this is going to be really hard for me to read for you because depending on how open that person is, I could be basically just banging my head up against a brick wall. So it's kind of like that energy I have felt, Mm -hmm. but when it comes to like charts or anything like that I'm definitely not gonna say that yeah there's no one that I've been like wow that that sucks (laughs) there's no bad charts but but yeah I mean there's definitely hard placements I don't think so and I don't say that because I'm all like love and fucking light like I actually say that because like I don't know this is people's experience and I don't think that there is such thing as a bad chart like I know this is like really cliche to say and you know, you can go ahead and everyone can roll their eyes, but like you, everyone truly is like perfectly imperfect. Mm. I think that's one thing like I've learned reading charts is like having compassion for other people and like where they're at, no matter where that is and what they've done and who they are and all of that. You kind of, when you do this work, you kind of uh, get a new sense of compassion because you kind of see people in, in really like their rawest form, um, and so, yeah, I don't really feel like there's anyone where I've been like, oh, that sucks. Mm. But it's definitely been, a, I've, I've definitely seen like a lot of intensity though, for sure. Intensity, okay. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I asked my followers for some questions for you. And here is some that I thought you could answer, kind of like in like a quick fire round almost. Because there were so, so, so many. Okay, first one. I have a twin and we are completely different and I know charts would be the exact same. Why is this? So I put this down to like nature and nurture. Even though you guys are twins, you were born at the same time. I'm sure you guys like to say that you're not exactly the same. Um, and that's usually because of your experience. Um, you know, you, you're a twin for a reason. Um, you guys were put on this earth at the same time for a reason. Um, and so there's definitely like, obviously like a bond there. That's something you guys are supposed to do together. But when it comes to personality, I also feel like you know, what happens to you, where you grow up, what people say to you, who your friends are, your influences, that experience is always going to be completely different. So I think that's why Mm -hmm. twins can end up being so different. But I think even twins, and I have like a really good friend who's a twin. She's, she said, you know, even though we're so different, there's just something that is the same, like about us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the chart comes in. The rest is like life, I think. Right. Okay. Yeah. Which is the best astrology app? I have Pattern and Co style. Those are my two. And I, I like the Pattern better because it has like long, long explanations and I can I can match with people that I'm dating and make them ask them what time they were born. Yeah. Um, I would say CoStar is really great. I mean, I love the aesthetic of it as well. It just feels very millennial and very chic. Mm. Um, but when it comes to information, I'm mm. not huge on an app. Um I think that CoStar 
to me, like speaks the nicest. Like I love the little like notifications it gives you every day. And it's just like, it'll just like pop on your phone and it'll be like, stand mm-hmm. tall today. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just like, it's, <laughs> it sends you like all these like, Mine gets a bit weird though. Yeah, sometimes. they're like cryptic. They're like, like sometimes it's like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Or it's kind of like aggressive sometimes. And I'm like, what's happening, Coaster? What's happening with me today? Jesus, fuck. Yeah, it can totally call you out, which I kind of don't mind. I love the bravery <laughs> of that. Um, but mm. I'm a lover of Coaster. Um, I also feel like time passages is really good. Um, but you have to pay to get other people's charts up with them, which I'm not really vibing about them. But if you want to look mm. at your own chart, you can get that for free. So I would say that's a good app. Um, but yeah, I would say CoStar's my favorite. I use, I actually use CoStar. Okay. So that's a vibe. That's your fave. Okay. Now this question, I had no idea what it meant. So I just put it in mm-hmm. here. How to work towards your North node. Okay. Yeah. So a North node is um like a planet. It's not a planet. It's like a, um, placement I guess you could say and your north node is like where your soul wants to like go to in this lifetime which means it's like can feel super uncomfortable um but when you're talking from like a spiritual evolution perspective it's like where your soul wants to like evolve into so it can go into the next life so that's all great it doesn't really matter how spiritual you are I guess I like to see is like that's where all the good shit happens because opposite that is your south node and that's your comfort zone and we all know like whenever we step out of our comfort zone whenever we step to the edge of it at the very least that's when all the good stuff happens Mm -hmm. so if somebody is trying to work towards their north node i would say have a look at where your south node is firstly and how can that help you get out of your comfort zone? So if you're, I believe that you, Abby, are a Gemini South node, so am I. Mm -hmm. How can you use your Gemini in order to like be the most, well, for us, it would be Sagittarius, right? So how can we use that to really like get us into that space? And that's going to be different for everyone. So it's kind of a hard question Mm -hmm. to like answer without knowing what your North node is. But Mm -hmm. I think at the very least, thinking about what makes you feel uncomfortable, what makes you feel a little bit scared in a really healthy way, obviously. And Mm -hmm. that is how you get to your North Node. That's how you start to live in it. And it's really funny. Like when I started to do things that were in alignment with my North Node, like shit just, it's when I've had like the most like transformational life-changing experiences is when I kind mm. of put myself in a situation that feels a little bit uncomfortable and then realized, oh, that was totally in alignment with my North Node. Um, right. It's kind of funny to kind of see the correlation there. So I would just say like that healthy fear, that healthy space that you can get into where you're like, oh, I don't know if I could do this, but it'd be really cool if I could. Mm. follow that because okay. that's getting you to your north node yeah that's the north node um what the fuck is retrograde and why does it affect <laughs> us and does it affect us yeah it totally affects us i'm really passionate about this too because i hate when people like shit on retrogrades i'm like no we're not mm. here for that mm-hmm. we are accountable who know how to take care of ourselves so a retrograde mm. a retrograde is commonly it's a common misconception that it's like planets going backwards it's not it's planets chilling out so the way that i see it is mar uh, sorry so mercury goes retrograde we all like freak out about that right so what happens is is 
Mercury stops moving. So it looks like it's going backwards, but it's not. It's just chilling. And it's like mm. Mercury is out of office. It's like gone to Aruba. It's not available. It's cannot be contacted. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So uh-huh. Mercury in the sky is not here to help us with all of our Mercury stuff, which is like communication and um, technology and all those sorts of things. So it just means it's like a time for you to be responsible mm-hmm. for your own shit and like get on your own shit. And I guess, you know, if you constantly were like coddled your whole life and like, you know, we all, I'm sure we've all dated a man who wants us just to be their mother. It's kind of like that. It's like, this is an opportunity mm-hmm. for you to kind of like learn how to do this yourself. And it's okay. Mercury's going to go direct again. Right. He's coming back. He's not gone forever, mm-hmm. but it's just like that learning experience. You know what I mean? So yeah, just go on, go on to the shops for a bit. So that's what I would say about retrogrades. It's like, just use it as an opportunity to like, um, yeah, take responsibility for yourself. That's really what retrogrades are about. Responsibility, reimagining, redoing, re-looking at, like it's all those re-words is um, what retrogrades are about. Okay. Is being on the cusp a real thing? Like, can you be like, no, it's not. It's not. No. <laughs> <gasps> no. My life no, is a lie. I mean, look, if you're, yeah. I mean, look, the way I see it, is um, because if you're at the very beginning of a sign or the very end, you're actually more that energy like of Gemini. Like I know you're right on the quote unquote cusp Mm. and so am I. I'm right at the beginning of Gemini and you're right at the end. So, you know, I, I feel like... Well, what what we know about astrology is that right at the beginning and the end is when it's like the most powerful. The energy is most powerful, mm. if you want to put it that way, mm. right? It's most potent then because it's starting and it's finishing. It's like when you say hello, when you say goodbye. Mm. So I don't believe in cusps. Um, your chart is so accurate that like you have like a degree in which your sun is in like mathematically. Mm-hmm. So there is no such thing as cusps. I think I don't really pay attention to them because I don't know, from the way that I read, I'm just like, no, like it's you, in there. You, it's you, in this box. So yeah, it's in this box. It's there. Okay. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. All right. So All that's right. what I would say about cusps. Well, I guess, I guess I'm not emotional because I'm like, cause I'm on the cusp of cancer. I'm just an emotional bitch. Um, okay. Well, someone asked why Capricorns like that, but I guess I'm going to ask instead why why are certain attributes attributed? I could have used a better word just then. Why are certain characteristics attributed to certain sun signs? Like, why do we say, um, you know, Gemini's are like two faced, and they? Why do we say Capricorns are hardworking and, and patronizing? And why? Why do we say like where does that come from? Is that just like an observation over time, or what's the why? So kind of a hard question to ask because it's really hard to even draw back like where astrology began, right, and where this all kind of came from. Um, The way I would like to see it is like the whole zodiac is really like a journey in itself, right? If you look at like the archetypes and the stories and like the mythology and all of that, that's where it's all drawn from is like these archetypes. It's like why Mars is related to masculine and Venus is related to feminine. Like this is all stuff that's like super ancient, right? Mm. So I think that, you know, when it comes to figuring out where those attributes kind of come from, 
it's so deep seated in like the stories behind and, and like the mythology, like I was saying. But what I loved about the question that you asked is like, why do we see them in a negative way? Mm. Like, why do people have like negative connotations? Mm. Um, and for me, I, I get a little bit, I get a bit shitty about this because I think as you know, as a Gemini, we're one of those, we're one of those. We are. We're one we're of, one of the stars. <laughs> we are one of the stars that get a little shit, but I'm like, I don't care. People either love us or hate us in true Gemini exactly. form. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Like how many songs are like, oh my God, he's such a Gemini or whatever. No. Like, you know, there's, there is that. Um, mm. And I think that when it comes to, you know, putting negative connotations on anything and anyone, I'm just going to start waving my feminist flag here. And it's, it's just like internalized misogyny bullshit to me. Mm, probably. Agreed. <laughs> like, it's just that whole, why is being, you know, being able to see two sides of the story bad. Uh, I don't know. Do you know what That's I mean? So I just, true. I think that that comes down to what we were talking about earlier. Um, and even like people who are super emotional or, um, mm. cause I know Scorpios kind of get it as well. Cause they really mm. can be really intense. And, um, I think it actually only shows up when people are, um, yeah. in like some sort of like feminine quote unquote emotion, um, and so for me, That's yeah. True. That's it's very a, true, actually. Yeah. It's, any, it's the emotional side of it, isn't it? It's never the, the, the logical or pragmatic side of it that's negative. It's it's the emotional side. Yeah. Um, well, I guess in the final question that someone asked was, should, which I will say, you say, should I excuse someone's bad behaviour if it's a trait of their sign? No. <laughs> Because you can you change not it. It isn't like anybody's it's... shitty behavior ever. Yeah, for any reason. Never. For any reason. No. You can be compassionate and you can be like, okay, I understand that like that hurts you or that triggers you or whatever. Mm. That's that's really great. But if someone is continually showing up in a shitty way, I don't give a fuck what sign they are. You need to no. not have them in your life. Agree. 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 It's never an excuse ever. Never an excuse. Well, thank you so much for coming on and blessing us with your wisdom. Is there anything else you want to add? How can people contact you? How can they book a reading? Uh, uh, what is it? Is it a reading? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a reading. reading. How yeah. can they book a reading? How can they get in contact with you? And you have two podcasts as well. So plug your stuff. Explain yeah. how we find you. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm pretty, um, I'm just like pretty active there. So it's just simply at Jazzbory. And if you want to book a reading, um, my website is JB. So just my initials and house H A U S. Um, and that is where all my stuff is. So I have two podcasts. I have my own podcast, which is called the Abracadabra podcast. Um, I also have a, another podcast with my beautiful friend and co-host, um, Amy, and we really talk about feminism. So, you know, it's a lot was a really big, um, inspiration for us when we oh, were creating. Cool. Yeah. When we were creating quite frankly, which is the podcast. Um, and it's really where we let that feminist, freak flag fly we just go in if you want honest conversations (laughs) between women um 
yeah, that's that's a space to go to for there. And um, yeah, I do a whole bunch of things, guys. I'm I'm a Gemini unapologetically. So um, yeah, if you want to find me and and get in contact, um, please do. And if you have any of your astrology questions, I'm happy to answer. And I'd love to read for anybody who who is um, willing and wanting. Amazing. So we'll put all the links in the um, description. And then on Friday, there's going to be my reading on the little mini episodes on Fridays. So thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. 